0: It is time for We Are Just Christians live from Savona Church in Port St. Lucie. Here are your hosts, Mike Smith and Gary Jones. Good morning, gentlemen.
1: Good morning, and welcome to We Are Just Christians. We really appreciate you tuning into the show today. I hope you can stay with us for a while. We'll be on the air until 10 o'clock Eastern Time here with talking about spiritual things, especially the scriptures and any questions you might have. We Are Just Christians is a live call-in show, as you probably know if you've been listening to the show at all, and we invite your comments, questions, calls, whatever it might be that uh, is of interest to you of a spiritual nature. We invite your participation in the show, and we pray that you'll get something out of the show, if you can just listen, that you'll gain something from our talking about issues and relating them to the scriptures. We Are Just Christians is based on the idea that we can be Christians like they were in, at the time of the apostles in the first century. Here in the 21st century, we can do the same things that they did, and we can pattern our life and work after what they did. We think not only should the church in a group sense be patterned after the time of the apostles, but we think also that our own personal lives should be uh, directed that way. And so we talk not only about things from the Bible itself, but we try to relate the Bible to things going on today or any questions that you might have about uh you know what what's going on what you think what what is the what ideas that you have about spiritual things we uh, try to relate those things and make it uh, i wouldn't say relevant we can't make the bible relevant the bible is relevant we can try to communicate that
0: we to don't have to any, ourselves and you, we don't have any control over that. No, the
1: Bible is relevant, and we, that's part of what that's part of what the show is based on. Is that the things from the Bible, although they were written 2,000 years ago or more, are relevant to human behavior in society today and to morality today, morality today. And so we're trying to get that across. That's what we are, just Christians, is about. So we're not part of any denomination, nor do we think you should be. We don't. We don't base our life and our doctrines on the councils and traditions of men and the different synods and whatever else, nor do we base it on the secular ideas of Darwinism or the God of science, as it's so called, not true science, but the God of science, scientism, as sometimes it's called. We don't base our morality on those things, but on what the scriptures say. And so you can reach us here. We are just Christians at these numbers, 772-340-1590, 772 772- Three four zero one five nine zero is the number to reach us. We'd be glad to talk with you if you call in you can rest assured that we're not going to uh, embarrass you or cut you off We have no intention of doing those things we're not we're not setting you up to be you know taken advantage of or used in any way shape or form We're simply going to have a conversation with you and you can tell us what you think or ask your question or make your comment We'll respond and Hopefully, in the response that we give, we will try to have some, something from the scriptures for you to read or consider uh, the, in answer to that. If we don't know, we'll say we don't know. But that's the idea of the show. So we'll give you the last word in whatever conversation we have so you can feel free to call in. 772-340-1590 is the number here in Port St. Louis. You can call from anywhere in the world uh, to reach that number. You can also um, reach us by text message. Uh, some people prefer to communicate by text. In fact, I think we just had one come in. But <laughs> you can reach by us by text message or two text numbers. One is mine, Mike Schmidt, and Gary Jones, the other host, is uh, his number is a little different. So let me give you those. Mike's number is 772-260-6120, 772-260-6120. Is my text number feel free to text that during the show or any anytime Gary's text number is seven seven two two six zero six two two zero seven seven two two six zero six two two zero you can text him anytime you'd like to to either start a conversation or finish one whatever it may be and we'll we'll try to use your text at least refer to them on the air as, as much as we can or we'll respond to you during the week. you can also by the way I don't want to take too much time right here at the beginning I want to get into the something on the show here, but um you can listen to this show whether you have an AM radio here in Port St. Lucie right now or not. You can re- you can listen to it obviously on the air at fifteen ninety AM. Uh, but you can also listen at WPSL dot com. WPSL dot com and there's a listen live button there. You can click that. It'll take you to the website and you can listen to the show while it's live on the air at WPSL dot com. Now of course you can also, as I understand it, you can also call up WPSL 1590 on Alexa devices and Google devices and so forth. And I think TuneIn Radio also is one of the ones that you can tune in. Google Chrome uh, and TuneIn Radio, Alexa devices, you can, t- you can listen to this show on those devices. So tell your friends and family, if they're in other places, they don't have to have an AM radio to get it. You can listen on the internet at this time live on either the website for the show, for the radio station I should say, or TuneIn or Alexa or Google. And then you can also get this show in a recorded format on our website as a podcast, either through iTunes or you can go to our website which is WeAreJustChristians.com. Go to WeAreJustChristians.com over on the right. You'll see a little button, radio show. Click on that and you'll be taken to. Uh, the archives for this radio show for several years. You can listen, and I understand people use it to put themselves to sleep at night. But anyway, Gary, that's what I've been told. But uh, in any event, that's all the ways it's available. And we'd appreciate any kind of comments you want to leave to that. Now we did get a text, and I just now, um, I just now got this. It's a big one. We oh, talked okay. about it before. We may want to talk about it a little bit, and then. Um, and maybe give some parameters and come back to this But Jason texts in Where do you stand on the apparent age Of the earth and the universe And prehistoric life Contrasted with the time frames Given in the Bible Very common question, very good question And so forth and, Yes,
0: it's a common question
1: When we unpack this, there's a lot in there um, and, and so let me let's. Do, I think at least today We can certainly give you some parameters i think in ways to think about this issue as well as some specific information about it
0: well uh,
1: gary's opinion may differ than from mine but we'll we'll both give our understanding my my opinion
0: falls in two parts basically the first part is you know there are serious scientific questions about what is generally published as the multi-million year age of earth and that's all I'm going to say right now. And and I have some serious questions about it scientifically, not just religiously. So there's that part of it. And the you other mean part, you have questions that the dating that they're giving is yes, accurate? Yes. exactly. Okay. All right. I, I have I have some serious scientific questions about that. Uh, also, when you look at scripture, there are several ways you can look at the age of the earth in the scripture too. So, you know. I have questions about both in terms of this this short age of the earth view from scripture and the long age of the earth view for scientists, and it's going to take more than a radio show to answer that.
1: Yes, but we can get we can that's true, and that's what I meant. We can though delve into some of the parameters and limits and observations, presuppositions. A lot of people make presup have presuppositions about this. And they've been told things that simply aren't accurate, not only about the Bible, but about uh, obviously common science itself. And so um, now we, you, Gary and I believe that obviously that the Bible is true and correct. And we're going to stand on the words of the Bible correctly understood, of course, not just any old interpretation of what they may mean. We're going we believe that's the case. And but and in so doing, I think you come I come away with this, Gary. And we'll go back. I'll make the statement and we'll go back. I believe that man as a being, as human, is not a very old being. He's not millions of years old or even hundreds of thousands of years old, according to the Bible. I don't see any way to reconcile the genealogies in the book of Genesis with man being hundreds of thousands of years old and having descended from the apes. I'm not sure exactly how to. Make that, uh, make that work. E- even if you add generations in there. Now, of course, <clears throat> when you start taking the genealogies in the Book of Genesis and breaking them down, because they'll give this man was born to this man when this man was a uh, so many years old, and he had this son was born, and he lived so many years, and he died, and that, and and you, you when you start looking at that in a very strict sense. If all of those are the only people involved, you come away with four to 6,000 years uh, BC when the earth was created, okay? yeah. which makes it 8,000 or so years from now to 6,000 years. I don't see how you can stretch it into hundreds of thousands. I don't care what you do to it. So uh, if I'm a Bible believer, I'm going to have to be content with that that that's what it says about human beings. Now, what we know about human history, and even even if we begin to look at the datings on the cave paintings and all these other things, we know that humans have been here a relatively short time, considering what they, the time frames
0: they give for evolution. Even geologically. They geologically,
1: they've been here a very short time. And these animals known as humans seem to have sprung up out of nowhere, just sprung up suddenly. In fact, all of life... That's another thing evolutionists don't let you know. All of life sprang up, up, super up super suddenly, suddenly. extremely suddenly, in, in one epoch of ancient history. So, now, the
0: so I keep going back. There's two components to this. There's scientific uncertainty, and then to some degree, not as much as I might like to to go into. Basically, there's some interpretation degree of variation in the Bible. Uh,
1: yes. Now, as far as just a brief comment, we'll come back to this just briefly. As far as the fossil record of human evolution, I think there is tremendous even scientific doubt about whether all these fossils are what they appear to be. And most likely, when all things are considered, the vast majority of these so-called hominoid fossils are simply extinct apes. There's nothing to say that these fossils are actually human fossils. But they are probably what we would call extinct apes. The assumption that these are human beings, uh, like we are, that they are our ancestors, is purely built on assumption. And one assumption is a house of cards built upon another. So I believe that I have no problem from the Bible saying, and I think even from science, that man is young. Now, the universe itself, the actual materials of the universe may be very old in our mind I, I don't have any problem with the bible saying that but as far as what the bible is recounting as the history of man i think i have no problem saying it's young and I, i'll stay i think the more we learn the more we're going to see that that's right, the yeah. case over time that what we actually call humans did not come from a the apes or ape families but they came as one as a created being in a relatively short time period now the bible simply says in genesis one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void or empty of any life without form meaning it was chaos so greek word there in the greek translation is chaos chaotic and empty and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god hovering over the face of the waters so number one it doesn't give a time for that to happen it just says in the beginning which could be short relatively short time ago could be a very long time ago and it, what it says, it says that God created out of nothing is the idea. This earth without form and void. Now, uh, Gary's, Jerry's on the phone, but if you'll hang on just a second, Jerry, let me finish this thought. Um, the idea of being without form is chaos. So the idea even that some Christians have, Gary, that when God created the world, they showed the picture, books, everything was perfect, just like it is now. All the systems of time and space and and order and decay and all that were already in place on on the first moment Earth was created. That is not what this verse says. This verse says that everything was chaos and it was empty and devoid of life. Now, how long that state persisted, we simply have no idea how long that state persisted. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so he divide the light from the darkness and so forth. So you have this process. The book of Genesis 1, or Genesis 1, the book describes a, a process of after the creation of the matter of, and the matter in the space. There was an ordering process that took place over a period of six days. Part of the debate is how long the six days were. But I, want, I, I take the view that this is not – I can't prove to you this is what the Bible says. I'm not going to try. Uh, but I take the view that it's very possible that this verse 1 and 2 are distinct in the time setting than the beginning of verse 3 when God said, let there be light, as such. There may have been a long time in that between those verses. I think verses 1 and 2 about the earthing without form and void are telling you, in I think are they telling you how everything came into being the materials of the universe, and then the rest of the chapter tells you a period of time of six days in which everything was ordered in a general way, somewhat like what we have now. The flood changed some of that, but somewhat like we have now, as far as light and dark and planetary motion and stars and all those things. So there could the, the matter of the, the matter of the universe it doesn't surprise me we find the Earth having matter. That can be dated a long time, assuming Gary, what you're saying that that the dating processes and calculations are correct. And I have great doubt about that too. And I think true scientists recognize the the presuppositions of there. I've read some pretty
0: smart people that came across and said, you know, this is not the
1: idea that we can date a rock is just is very 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 presumptuous. So, so I think there could there could be a lot of time as far as the age of the universe. But there isn't as much leeway in the Bible as far as the age of man and the nature of man as such. So that, that's generally what I would say about that. And so and I think most of the fossils that you're seeing uh, came came about from uh, came about as a result of the flo- action of the flood of Noah's time, which deposited all these animals in layers as they died and, and as they uh, settled back down in the bottom. Um, in any event, I, I think that what we're seeing in our lifetime is because of molecular biology and genetics, the theory of J- Charles Darwin is becoming less and less relevant to people's understanding of things, and the true scientists involved in this say simply, we don't know how these things came to be. That They would like to avoid at all costs that there was an intelligent creator behind these things, but they can't. Well, we may come back to this. I don't want to leave th- this is a big question but uh, even today we may come back to this, but we have Jerry on
0: the phone. So we
2: don't,
0: I, I, I would go ahead.
2: Say
0: I, I would not Gentlemen,
2: teach uh, really in particular. Subject matter today, but I was wondering if you, uh, introduced the term Simeon, uh, Simeon development. And, uh, 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 as far as deities go, doesn't in Egypt, doesn't the, uh, the God way or why it was either pronounced way or why, uh, meant the sun? uh, and I, I one more thing I wanted to add is, uh, in Detroit, they uh, they have both the uh, Strois Clinic and the Homer and uh Hospital for, you know, people who are born with a cleft palate, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And also hair and lips. And uh, I, I, I always wondered, uh, you know, were, were people like that, would they just get a lousy hand in life? Or uh, it seems like no matter what they do, they... Uh, you know, they end up caned or fired or laid off or standing in some unemployment line, you know. And, uh, uh, I, I, but the big thing is uh, I, I was wondering about the Ascent of Man, and, uh, and I found it very, very interesting in the 60s, uh, that show that was on uh, the Ascent of Man. Uh, I just want to know you could comment on uh, people born with that genetic problem and, uh, you know, what, you know, how maybe the almighty sees them, you know, and I'd like to listen well, Mike, if that'd be OK.
1: That'd be fine, Jerry. I appreciate it uh, very much. Your call today. Well, let me see if we can go back. I, I, I think that simian is, is it just means ape development of apes. And, of course, uh, taxonomy, which is the classification of different animals or any taxonomy in any field is classifications and nomenclature of various various structures that are perceived in any field of study and in uh, and in uh, biology you know simian humans are probably in some respects coming out of or else they're part of the simian tree and that is they're considered that it, it isn't that just they had this progression up through orangutans and finally gorillas and you get human beings that may or may that was originally what was thought you know, the science was settled. We all came from gorillas. And then the science became, was always unsettled. And so then you had to say, well, we may have a common ancestor with those. But in any, I don't care how you slice it. You end up with humans coming from ape-like creatures or apes. Maybe not the exact apes we have today. It's always always funny that if evolution is supposed to produce these superior creatures, how come they all didn't become humans? Uh, how come some of them remained orangutans and, that throw you know feces at each other. How come they how come they didn't pass beyond that? But evolution is evolution. Start one thing they're not is consistent in the in the in the application of their principles. Um, and and the other thing that you see, I'm going to get off the subject briefly, Gary. What you see in reading science, and I even in my recent escapades into beekeeping, uh, studying it. I've used, I've been a beekeeper a long time, but studying it recently, you see uh, these beekeepers. Uh, basically making evolution a god what they've done is take the pro- evolution and say evolution created these marvelous creatures evolution evolution gave us these and what they're doing they're just substituting the concept of evolution and the design the marvelous design of evolution for god himself well, they're, they're, they're they're using evolution the same way you and i would use god and they think that they're being so much smarter by so doing, but they're not. They're they're simply repeating well, it's,
0: it's, what a, it's people have always observed. Of, it's a matter of substitution, Mike. If if uh, there are any of our listeners out there that enjoy science science fiction stories, movies, or TV programs, you'll hear the phrase, "Well, the universe does this." That's nothing more than substituting the universe for God.
1: Yes, and and, and
0: it's exactly a substitution, and that's what they're doing. It's a belief and it allows them to attribute really the creation of God to something else
1: <laughs> they, they they'll take they'll take the word nature it used and, to be the word do, do nature the same way and eventually in their book it'll become capital N in, nature right. and you and nobody blinks an eye and our children are taught that there's no god really but nature does such and such evolution evolution can't do anything properly understood it's simply chance okay right. according place to them, according to them. they talk about it being chance on one hand but give it a capital E on the other and says it does things and so you, you got a big problem with the whole concept going backwards now
0: in and looking what, at you know basically Mike what they're being forced to admit I think or this is just my opinion what they're being forced to admit is there are things in this universe that cannot escape the evaluation that there was a designer that right.
1: made these things. Right, exactly. And they, they try their best to escape it, and they miss the point of the whole argument of intelligent design by by just because they're so anti-Christian, uh, anti-Bible, and they miss the whole point, and they keep repeating and confirming that there is an intelligent designer behind it. Well, now that goes really to Jerry's question about uh, the, the Egyptian deities of Ra and the other deities. All these were were ancient man's attempts to explain what he was seeing in the, in nature that looked like it had a purpose and order to it. And the sun and the sun, they were correct. The sun is the is the uh, most immediate cause of life on Earth, as it were. Without that, everything, mostly everything we know doesn't exist. The processes that we now know and scientifically come from the So they worshiped. And God said they would do this rather than worship him, the creator, they worship things he created. They worship the processes and the other creatures that God so they worship the fi- fire and so the, the sun real, the and real question, the mountains and
0: Yeah, the real question becomes Mike, why did they do this? Because when you look at the Genesis story, as the family starts out, and we look at that in and I'll look at it in a literal literal sense, basically. Everyone on the earth knew about God. They were taught that by their parents up to a point, and then some of them decided, because of their pride and their desires, they were going to ignore that. Right. And then man kept drifting away and away and away. But this this obvious sense of seeing design in everything that the, that was created and that they dealt with, they couldn't escape that. And that's what t- still that's can. what took them there. So can't the idea that all
1: true scientists are
0: atheists is simply a
1: fabrication
0: well and it's, but there com- are it's some scientists that tend to look more thoroughly and I, what i've found is the microbiologists are it's hard for them to get around it when you start looking in detail at how we live and how the chemicals in our body work and how our body actually functions these well, guys these geneticists guys, these know, guys eyes just get bigger and bigger. And geneticists
1: bigger. know that Charles Darwin's thinking on this matter is completely child, child. play, child's play. Okay. So in any event, the, so he he was right in the sense that that you go back to the idea of what we would call paganism or the the earth gods of of the Egyptians and almost every ancient culture and a bunch of modern cultures are simply reflections of man's trying to explain what he says Gary is saying what he sees in the universe.
0: And, now, and one, one thing, you can see this. I, I want you to learn to recognize what when we put more value on the life of a baby seal than we do on a baby human in the womb, that's this thing right here that we're looking at. Yeah, that's, it just
1: goes hand in hand with it. Now, Gary, he brings. ironically, it may seem to some of our listeners that Jerry's questions are a little bit off track or disconnected, but I don't think they are at all. And here's why I say that the other question he asked, and I made a note of it if I wrote it down correctly, was, you know, he talked about how many people are born with a cleft palate and 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 other other deformations and any kind of deformity to the face is extremely uh, painful, not physically so much, but emotionally painful because your face is who you identify as. And there are other deform. I grew up with a physical uh, physical deformity. Uh, not as bad as a face deformity, I would suppose. But I knew people in my circle of friends because of the one handicap with this other handicap. Now, how does that relate? Well, I'll tell you how it relates. He wanted to know, did did God just give them a a hard hand, to deal, dealt them a hard hand in life? And does the Almighty even care about this stuff? Well, ironically, what does evolution say about that? You want to talk about we're worried about what Christians say about people with – we're worried about what God says about people with handicap why God gave made people handicapped. What explanation or ha- what process of thinking, if you are an atheist or a naturalist, what has to be your attitude toward those who are handicapped? I would say, much like the the, the pagans, just let nature take its course. And these these are inferior specimens. You'd have to come away in the bottom line of – and that's what – that's what many of these uh, Darwinian ethicists say. Handicapped people are a liability; they are inferior specimens. You should not allow these people to reproduce. The people that started uh, the the Planned Parenthood movements and all that stuff, Sang- Mar Margaret Sanger and and the other the other eugenicists in the eighteen and nineteen hundreds, that's what they believed about this: that certain races were inferior. Handicapped people were inferior. You should get rid of these people. Hitler took people like me and put them in gas chambers because they were deformed, and and uh, because he had an idea of purifying and cleansing, a purely physical and naturalistic look at human beings. Say these are inferior specimens. Now I raise animals. I raise show animals. You know my show poultry, and when I have a deformed specimen, Gary. I've got to make a decision early on about that deformed specimen because sometimes chicks are born with bad legs and crooked beaks and much like a cleft palate, the beaks are crooked. And I've got to make a decision. Can they live if I let them alone? Can they even survive? And if they do survive, do I even want them to survive? I know immediately I do not want them to ever reproduce. Okay, So I will not permit them to reproduce. Now, is this same kind of thinking that I use as an animal breeder, oftentimes they, these animals need to be called, they need to be killed at a young age, gotten rid of, they're taking up resources and space. Is this same kind of thinking that I use as an animal breeder, what about that being brought over into human beings? Is there some innate difference between human beings and animals? And the answer is that's a good question. I think I have it somewhere here. I, I thought I printed it out this morning, an article about a bioethicist. I mean, where is that paper? It's funny how. The, yeah, here it is. I, I just ran across this this week. A bioethicist, a, li, a person who deals in the ethics of life, ask, does birth matter? And the answer is no. OK. Uh, under human under personhood theory. Um, This movement of bioethicism, contemporary movement, denies human exceptionalism. In this view, being human is morally irrelevant. What matters are capacities, such as ability to value one's life, which make one a person, quote, person. Under this personhood theory, there's such a thing as a human non-person and an animal person. It's been applied uh, in bioethics discourse to justify infanticide, most famously by Peter Singer, and other words, as distinguished from Margaret Sanger. So you've got this uh, whole process of, in, of coming to infanticide. Now, modern human ethicists, bioethicists, without a biblical worldview, do not believe in human exceptionalism, that there's anything special about being a human being. The Bible says man was made in God's image. It was on the very first page of everybody's Bible that they have, It tells you very clearly that man is distinct from the animals. He may have a physical body that has many functions like the animals, but he is made in the image of God, and it never says that about any animal in the entire Bible, and right away, humans are distinct. Now, this makes the ethics in dealing with other humans completely different than the ethics in dealing with animals. But the animal rights movement has blurred all of that, for one thing, and then the, the influence of Darwinian thinking Blurs it all together too So yes this question About handicaps I, I will Tell you something if, if you do not Believe in God and you Don't think that there's anything beyond just this World then I Don't even know how you can I, I don't see how You can consider God evil For dealing some people a hard hand in life Jerry wants to know if people with a cleft palate have Been dealt a hard hand in life and the answer is Yes well, they've that, been dealt a very is it is it a hand that would ultimately destroy them? And the answer is no, because well, there, sometimes they're there better people. There's
0: another side to that, Mike. There's another side to that in in John chapter nine verse one. And I'm going to re- think just think about this. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, was that man dealt a bad hand? Yeah. And his disciples asked him saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind and jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of god might be revealed in him and jesus proceeds to restore his sight Uh, what what do we do when we meet people like that uh how how were you treated mike as as a young man if, if you had a deformity what would have happened if what, – what was expected of your parents in that case? What would they do? What, were there anybody that helped them with caring for you and helping you? Was back that, was back that then, a, I will say no. But basically – But basically, <laughs> that, but basically but there was yes.
1: sympathy given, and some sympathy is destructive, and some sympathy is
0: helpful. Right. But what was God's plan for that, that people would be helpful? That there, would, that, that there yes. would be opportunities right. for people to do good. Now, a lot of people don't like that concept. They don't like that idea in the Bible, but I believe it's there.
1: I think now that I'm 70 years old nearly, his plan was to make me
0: it a, had an a influence tougher on,
1: and better person.
0: It had an influence on you as well. I
1: can't say that I always have thought that, but now I see that.
0: So Of course, and, it, had so profound, m-
1: it had a profound influence on me. I told somebody the other day, we didn't have these words like trauma when I was a kid. I spent most of my young adult life dealing with trauma from that and some other things. And, and so but there was, you know, and, and actually big picture, probably a good thing, not a good thing in the micro level of it at all. So someone with a, a deformity like Jerry's talking about, yeah, they, they need some compassion. But what they need most of all is the gospel and they need some uh, the right kind of self-image. They have to learn to value what really is important about themselves, and it isn't their physical features. So there are multiple reasons. The Bible is good good at dealing with those issues, more so than science is. The Bible is going to help a person with a cleft palate as much as science is, or more, in my opinion. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, all I'm saying is when people are born that way, there is at a minimum an opportunity for people to do good for them. Is that yes,
1: and that's that's part of the reason God allows suffering too. he that's the reason, for example, God lets these people sit in these nursing homes and don't even know who they are. He's not their Their life as such as we know it, the meaning of their life for them may no longer be very relevant. The meaning of the life for them, but the meaning of their life as it relates to other people, their family, the people, their caretakers, everybody else is very significant. God is finding out. Not just about them, but about all the people around them, what they're going to do by allowing that situation to exist. And we completely ignore that issue. Now, yeah. Of course, if you're a secularist, none of those issues make uh-huh. any difference anyway. Because, because as a song says, uh, all we are is stardust on the wind, you know, dust in the wind. So if we're just dust in the wind, what difference does any of this make? It makes no difference whatsoever.
0: Well, I'm going back to Deuteronomy 8, beginning in verse 11. It says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and so on. And he goes on and says, he gave them houses, and he tested them in the wilderness. There were serpents. They did all these things. He, he brought them through all that. There was no water. He gave them water. And it says, it basically, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end right so we don't look for the good in the end
1: no we're still looking short term and that's one thing uh suffering uh tends suffering is odd physical suffering and even emotional suffering because it it focuses your attention on the immediate instantaneous thing that's happening to you but suffering in the big picture is well will broaden your view of things and make it bigger and wider. Now, the question goes back to the beginning. What is man? You know, is he get here by evolution or by creation? How old is the earth? We can we can talk about things like theistic evolution and all of those kind of things. And that's a good subject. But the big picture, there's two basic viewpoints or understandings. One of them, everything got here by, by blind forces. If they're in, and we have to explain even how those forces came. in. If the universe starts out with nothing, how do you end up with gravity you see, or light? You, end, if it's nothing, it's nothing. Someone says you put nothing. You draw, take a chalkboard and you draw a big circle on the chalkboard, and you say, point in the middle of the circle and say that's nothing. They say no, that's wrong. Take your eraser and erase the circle. Now you have nothing. Okay. Because as soon as you put the circle, your mind is beginning to categorize stuff inside and outside. But if there's nothing, there's nothing. So the, at that, if that's the case, I'm going to tell you, you can't escape it. We're seeing the results of it in our time. Man will descend lower and lower in his behavior and in his thinking, and he will begin to devalue man. On the other hand, if God did create the heavens and the earth, maybe he used natural selection. I don't know. Maybe it happened a long time ago. Maybe it happened a short time ago. But if God actually did create the heavens and the earth and he made man in his image, if we can believe what's in Genesis 1, those two things at least, that he made man in God's image, everything changes. Everything about human society, human well-being, human mental health changes once you believe that. We disagree about some of those things, but it all takes a different form and, and, and without this, that.
0: This ability for altruistic behavior in, to many uh, is seldom seen in the animal kingdom, I mean in a rudimentary fashion. But for those of you who are writing down these scriptures, write down Deuteronomy 8.16 and write down Deuteronomy 28.63. Remind yourself that the things that we encounter, God intends to do us good in the end. We have to look for them. We can't yeah. just dismiss this. That's true. If 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 you believe in God, if you believe Your
1: in choice God, in this matter makes a difference in your yes, life and how you yes, approach it. and yes. that's what that's what I want to I think Jerry's already there. I don't know Jerry, but I believe he's already there because he's obviously a believer, but a uh, believer in God anyway. But he's he he's focusing on what the human problem is not how long has man been on the earth and how old is man. That isn't your problem. Your problem is what what do you do about a cleft palate, you know? What, what do you do about your own problem? That—that's your human problem. What do you do about dying? That's where—that's the real issue for people. And so the Bible addresses those issues uh, for you. And without that, you don't have much of anything. You have this morass of w- the world we live in, where we don't even know what a woman is anymore. And, and we have this whole morass of ideas, people. And I feel—I don't feel angry so much about that. I feel a sadness, a deep sadness that. That we've lost our way completely. Somebody said, we've come a long way, Gary, since the 1970s when we had I am woman, hear me roar to what is a woman. We've come a long way. How did that happen? It happened because people walked away from God and the Bible. That's how it happened in a general way in culture. I'm not even talking about some specific religion.
0: Or the craziness and, and now
1: and now we don't even know wh- who we are as human beings. Human beings are don't matter. They're no different than any other animal. They don't really matter, and we can make them whatever we want to make them. It's God. It's human worship. We can make human beings to be whatever we think we want them to be just by saying so. God can say, "Let there be light," and there was light. Humans can say, "I'm a woman," and become a woman. Okay, that's the difference. But in the Bible, believers. Understand that fundamental difference in the universe Unbelievers and secularists much of our government and our media. They don't understand that difference they at all well They're going to come hard up against it someday, but at present time they like to act like that difference doesn't exist But your whole thing everything changes if you can accept two or three things from Genesis 1 Everything about your life is going to change and then that's because that's pointing you to the Savior what really yes. what really matters now we after he sent me a couple of nice pictures of chicken tractors heard me mentioned chickens uh john the texture says evidence seems to show that neanderthals took care of people that were disabled or got severely injured they can tell by how serious the wounds had healed well the truth is humans have neanderthal dna in their systems many people do I don't think Neanderthals are a different species of animals per se. I think we're finding out, I'm going to keep finding out, that they are simply a different uh nationality as it were, or ethnic group of human beings that don't exist much anymore. But they are simply human beings for the most part.
0: It would be interesting, Mike, for me to be able to I, I, I look back at the the ages of some of the the men in the Bible, the early the early men that are ancestors and i would like to look at this place or maybe i wouldn't in 300 years and compare the scientific truths of today to the scientific truths
1: yeah 300 years bloodletting yeah the science on bloodletting has been settled you're right yes we know that
0: so it it, you know that's
1: what they said back then anyway
0: but take a look at how it changes uh but how how many changes have there been in the Bible?
1: There's a fellow named Arthur Custance, not well known. He was a scholar of sorts, and he <coughs> he did a he did some defense of the Bible. And, and in this in this regard, I think he has a book called Genesis and Early Man. You can probably look you can look it up and get it free on Amazon. Custance, C U S T A N C E. It's a rather simple simple book. It's written for common consumption. But one of the points he makes in this book about the fossils, of human, especially human fossils, is what we're seeing are not species of very uh, – he, he says human beings are what is called pedomorphic, meaning that we, are, we are, are mature at a very young age of appearance. We're mature. And so he says that what you have when you have 75-year-old men – are relatively young-looking specimens compared to if they lived 900 years or 800 years. And so when you look at some of the fossils that you find, he said what you're seeing are these men that the Bible says lived hundreds of years in these women. And you see what would happen to their skeletons and their body form as they aged from being almost hairless, immature creatures that we are now to what they would be if they live a few hundred years. I got hair growing in that place, I didn't even know hair could grow, you know, now that I'm 70, see. And so, you see a different kind of animal, heavier brows, thicker bones, they've even, I mean, even the naturalistic scientists have said that a lot of the specimens they have, Gary, were not Neanderthal so much as they were arthritic, okay? They were simply arthritic human beings, and that's what deformed their bones, age so if the Bible is true, as I believe it is, there are there are plenty of alternative explanations for what we call these very primitive looking skeletons. I have an article in our bulletin this week and last week about racism and Darwinism. You know, Darwin is. uh a, was a terrible racist. He, he believed that all of the African races were inferior in intelligence and in humanity than than the Europe, white European races because of the shape of their body the color of their skin. And he was pointing out the fact that that their skeletons appear to be more ape-like. And if you accept his theory, if you accept Darwinian theory and morphology, that is the study of shapes of human skeletons and so forth, you have to come away with that conclusion. What does the Bible say about that? No, it says he made all men of one one blood. We're all the same. Okay. And we're all treated by God the same way. Men of every nation, tribe, and tongue, it says over and over again in the Bible. God there's treats them all the same. We're going to judge them all
0: the same. There's neither rich or poor. <laughs> there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female.
1: So I keep saying the Bible is the way forward on this business of racism. But Darwinism is not because Darwin and the people that followed him believed in the superiority of various races of men based on their human characteristics and one of them was skeletal shape. Now, my point is there's alternative ways of interpreting the evidence in the bones that your children and mine are never and grandchildren are never taught the alternative methods of looking at the same evidence. There's different ways of looking at the same evidence. And we need to we if a true scientist would certainly look at that, you see. And and uh, I well, guess now well, we, we don't we don't have the scientists that are actually doing that very thing.
0: Well, that's part of the problem. We're not looking honestly or what I would call we're not being intellectually honest with the things that we make judgments on. We're not looking for the answers, both pro and con, against these things that we can that we can resolve. Uh, I keep going back to and I want to mention that you mentioned Margaret Sanger. Uh, Basically, my impression is that she followed Darwin almost completely. She did.
1: She was a eugenicist.
0: Yes. And what did she create that's still with us today
1: abortion and planned parenthood, parenthood. Exactly. and the abortion was designed to get rid of black people and poor people
0: and has she succeeded
1: okay. well she's done a lot of, a lot to that 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 goal of,
0: of she's gone a killing long way. a lot of
1: young black kid, babies and a lot of other people handicapped children i mean they are best about wiped out down syndrome babies in many in many cultures and countries and and uh, this this is not the kind of thing that the that uh, we as Christians ought to be supporting. And so if you're voting for these people who believe this stuff and promote this kind of thinking, what you're voting for is not just a specific candidate and his tax plan. You're voting for a worldview that is taking this country and, and humanity in a very bad way to a dark place. You need to start voting by worldview, if that makes any sense. Not so much on a one specific issue. Abortion is a worldview issue. It isn't. It, that's what it's about, and that's the problem. Do you think we should abort babies with cleft palates? Well, a whole lot of people disagree because they got a cleft palate. You see, and which in uh, many
0: cases can be corrected.
1: now. Of but. course, it can now. But you know, um, and then anyway, uh, John says they use skull and brain cavity size. Of, of course, that's true. Uh, but we find out that Cro-Magnon man had a larger brain capacity than uh, than Homo sapiens, if you want to believe their taxonomy. Brain pan size is not an accurate indicator of intelligence. Honeybees are more intelligent than a whole lot of mammals. And imagine how small their brain is. It, and once a, once again, I would I would ask if someone made a statement like that to me, I just made you. I would say, so what's your criteria for intelligence? you got to look a little deeper than the headline. They're hoping that you'll assume that you, they mean the same thing that you do when they say. It depends on how you define intelligence. I've met some awfully smart people that have very few teeth and don't have a high school education. Very, very, very intelligent and clever people. And they can do things that Michael Bloomberg, who thinks we don't need these people, can't do. Okay? Oh. So there's all kinds of smart and if we respect human beings for being human, as the Bible says, then we will accept that.
0: Right. And one of the things that pops out to me from the Bible, Mike, is how do you measure that intelligence? And we talk about IQ and we talk about that in, in the sense that that's an absolute measure. It's not. Uh, IQ is not r- the real measure of intelligence. Are the real measure of someone's ability to succeed what we have to do is begin to understand that there's more to intelligence than what we think intelligence you're smart maybe yes but are you wise if you're not wise and wisdom is is a little bit different in its form but if and the bible says wisdom is what you really should be gathering and what you learn and that helps us to understand things and to make practical applications of the things that we see in life. So you want to be smart? Fine. Do you want to be wise? I think that's even better, Mike. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, You see, as Lewis said about education, that uh, education has its limits because sometimes, I'm paraphrasing, all you end up with is, is a more clever devil. <laughs> if you don't teach people the Bible, you end up with clever devils. Guess what we have a society run by today? Clever devils. Clever devils. And, and we we're, we don't care uh, about anything else.
0: So the corruption that we see today is, is a result of these patterns uh, over the period of years that are less and less in our current society being corrected by what I will call the Judeo, Judeo-Christian morality system, for lack of a better term.
1: Now, going back to the original question it was texted in about the age of the earth and so forth we, we never even got to some of it but I, I i i say this to people and i said it in our class on we just we just studied this part of the bible in our sunday morning class on genesis which we're in starting chapter 12 today but i i don't have a problem if i don't know the answer to it to saying i believe what the text says so from what i can tell in the text I, i'm going to take those genealogies somewhat straightforwardly unless i have a very good reason not to do that now in line with that though is this question of the age of the earth or the universe and when you talk about the age of the earth you know you're talking about just material elements different kinds of material elements and so forth the the biggest scientific problem that i have with a young universe gary and and other people their answers to this I've looked at them, I think they have merit, but I, so far I haven't been able to change my mind completely about it, is the distant starlight. It's called the distant starlight problem. And that's the fact that in 19 early 1900s, Enrico Fermi and others, Hubble discovered the red shift in looking at stars through powerful telescopes. They found that The universe was moving away from some center place. The objects they looked at, like sound going by, mm, you can hear the difference in frequencies as it's closer and far away, as it's approaching you and it's going away. This red shift indicated that objects in the universe in light were getting further away, and not only further away, but they were accelerating at high rates of speed. And the conclusion that they drew from this, which became a scientific uproar, Einstein wouldn't believe it.
0: The Big Bang.
1: is Well, it be- the conclusion was the universe had a beginning. Yes. I was taught when I was in school that the one theory of the whole universe beginning, and it was accepted at that time, it was the steady state theory, that everything was just like it was at the beginning. The Big Bang idea of there being one event in which… Blew everything apart at high rates of speed.
0: Came from the t- interpretation of this.
1: The, yes, the, the obvious conclusion of the red shift is that the universe is moving away from its from a center point of some place. And accelerating, Still, it, hasn't, it didn't happen so long ago that it's decelerating. It's still accelerating. So we haven't even approached the, the middle point of this whole process yet. And this caused a complete shift in scientific theory. Now, of course, this was used to contradict the Bible. Strangely enough, people uh, thought the Bible presented a steady-state view. I view the, the let there be light as the Big Bang, perhaps. You know, who knows? But I certainly don't think that the Bible presents a steady-state theory of the universe in looking at it. It presents one of cataclysms. Now, now the other the, the, the problem with this is, that Yes, the, universe, the Big Bang is not the enemy of Christianity because it does postulate very clearly a beginning. So much so that books have been written about this, like by Robert Jastrow, God and the Astronomers, in which he said he, he studied the reactions of scientists to this news. Most of them simply wouldn't believe it and dismissed it because they didn't like what it, the conclusion that they were coming to. They weren't objective. His point in the book is scientists aren't any more objective than anybody else. They want to believe what they want to believe, and they have reasons for, for believing it. And so they resist these new theories unless it conforms easily to the pre- present narrative that they want to get across. Now, he- here's the problem, though. The, the uh, distant starlight pro- – we can measure distances to these stars, and I've, I'm not a yeah, – I- I- I'm not a biologist. I'm certainly not an astrophysicist, Gary, but I'm in reading about them – I, I think it's fair to say that our ability to measure distances to objects in outer space is fairly good.
0: It's, we don't, it, we don't know.
1: It, it's it's better than you think it is. It's much better to measure the. Yeah, now I, it depends because here's the reason why I say that: several different methodologies come up with the same numbers. Okay, methods. it's not like carbon dating, which comes up with a different yeah, number I, I, than no, all I, these I, other I things. I
0: can, I can measure a okay. dimension with several different tools and get pretty close to the same answer. That doesn't mean I've got the answer.
1: I understand that, but, you're that's getting, that's but you can know that those tools are giving you something close to the answer. See. So well, when I'm, you look at the distance – real quick, I know we haven't got much time. left, But when you look at the distance starlight plot, it's telling you that the universe, unless it was created in the middle of this explosion, has been here for a while, longer than 6,000 years. Well,
0: I, I can't – you know, okay. God can do anything He wants. Oh, of
1: course, He can. I can you can always posh it a miracle. I'm not saying that at all. But,
0: but having tried myself with experience to measure certain things, just to say, okay, I've got the minute angular difference between those two stars from just a little bitty Earth that's maybe eight thousand miles in diameter, and something that's a hundred million light years out there. Just to use an illustration. And I'm going to measure something that small, Mike. No matter how I do it, there's a lot of uncertainty.
1: There's a lot of imprecision in there. There's a lot but, of uncertainty. But the
0: imprecision doesn't
1: go no, no, from a, a – a lot a, of
0: uncertainty. uncertainty. In it. There's a difference between uncertainty and precision, okay, and there is a lot of uncertainty in that.
1: But I'm just saying I don't think considering the – Now I'm just I, – I can be convinced. I haven't been convinced yet that somehow your your uncertainty goes from 6,000 years to 4 billion years. I'm not sure that's really the, the level of. Well, when, of you, look uncertainty the trigger, or when you look at the trigonometry of it,
0: it may not take that much. But it's the mathematics. The, uh, we haven't investigated that very well because we don't want to. Um, and that that's
1: a factor. These people are not inclined to investigate. They're it.
0: not inclined to investigate or identify the uncertainties that they're encountering, and certainly not advertise them or tell people. About
1: if you will do some reading with William Lane Craig and some other other uh people to believe in creation you'll see some very good answers to this problem but this is this poses it, let's put it this way this distant starlight problem poses a very serious objection to bible chronology and if you're going to talk to young people about this subject you have to acknowledge this problem and you better have a good answer okay because that's is what they're being fed from day one is that what you're seeing when we look at the stars happened billions of years ago, and so forth. Now you can always, of course, the other truth of the matter is that if we understand what creation is and believe what the Bible says about creation, it is by definition ex nihilo, out of nothing, and it by definition creates apparent age. When Adam was created. He may have only been one second old, but he appeared to be, let's say, 30 years old. Big difference. Okay, we don't know how old he appeared when he was created, but he was obviously a man when he was created, not a child or a baby or an infant or an embryo. So there was obviously a parent age when Adam was created. And the same thing is true with Eve. So anytime you have creation, you have a parent age. So if God God could have created the universe appearing to be old and it needed to be old because he needed these elements to be in a certain form. When he made them, he didn't need just energy and matter. He needed the matter to be in certain forms. And so when you start breaking down the components of the stars by nuclear fusion, it takes time to get down to the level of iron and, and all these other elements that we have on the earth today. Right.
0: And what's not thought so that's
1: parent age.
0: Yeah, What's not thought of often is when God said, let there be light, basically he implied the creation of the things that emit that energy as well as light. Right. Uh, so you, you see a lot of different things that we don't think about.
1: Yeah, It, it was, wasn't just light per se. It, it was, was the it things was, that it, emit the light.
0: It, it, and then he
1: took some more time to put those things in place in the order that we generally see them today
0: things. He, he, and so forth. Organized them.
1: And so that's what Genesis one is more about. The word of God structuring, dividing and organizing the elements that had already been created. Uh, Perhaps a long time before that if there was even such a thing as time we measure time by the motions of the we, we can only measure time by the motions of the planetary bodies or and and material elements the ticking of electrons and other waves right that's how we measure time so did time exist well time may have existed we had there was no way to measure how long it was. And do we know the speed of light has been a constant throughout the history of the universe? We do not know any such thing. We, yet it, that's the presupposition, but all this dating is that we know the speed of light.
0: And or, or that the time as a rate has continued.
1: To be the same. The same and the closer you get to the middle of a black hole, for example, time is distorted in exponential factors, okay?
0: So, so we got we got to wrap this up. Yeah, but, we're, we're beginning to run out of time, but just one last comment, Mike. Uh, On this subject, going back to what is our position on these things, uh, I'm not going to tell you that I have a definite position that I'm going to keep throughout the rest of my life. I agree with that. I'm I'm going to say I have my opinion that I have now, but as I learn more and more about both Scripture and science, I'm going to hang on to the claim that I can change that.
1: Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep learning and I'm go, but I do believe what the Bible says and I take it at face value if it's, yes. if it's in any way possible to do that. So that's kind of where we are and we we'll we might talk about this subject some more. But right now we've got to we've got to go. We appreciate you listening to We Are Just Christians. Hope you'll tune in again next week. We and keep your calls and comments coming. You can reach us as you mentioned several we mentioned earlier several different ways. Take a look at our website which is wearejustchristians.com, wearejustchristians.com, and come and visit us, 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard here in Port St. Lucie. We'd love to have you. We're not going to ask you for money. Come and see and meet with Christians who just want to follow the Bible. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.
0: You've been listening to We Are Just Christians live from Savona Church in Port St. Lucie on WPSL.
1: Port St. Lucie.